halfway through the holiday season, everybody. Hope everybody's enjoying their October. You're watching some scary movies. You're going to haunted houses. You're also staying safe out there. There's obviously still a pandemic going on. But uh, I also see y'all have been listening to these episodes I've been doing every Friday like crazy. So here I am again doing another one. Now, obviously, the main event of this thing is the new Halloween movie, Halloween Kills, that is in theaters today and dropped on Peacock. I'll get into all that in a little bit. Uh, Before I get into Halloween Kills, though, uh, I want to talk about some other things I've been doing, other films I've been watching, other shows I've been diving into. And honestly... I haven't really done a lot this week with shows or movies I've been watching. There's a couple things I want to touch on, some big things, actually. First up is actually a new streaming service that just dropped earlier this month called Kino Cult. Kino Cult is a spinoff of a Blu-ray label called Kino Lorber that puts out films from that are just kind of hidden gems, hidden cult films from you know the 60s, 70s, and 80s, probably up to really the 90s, I think is the closest they go. And they launched a streaming service, I think at the beginning of this month, I want to say October 1st it hit, and they called it Kino Cult, because pretty much it's just a streaming service of cult films. Uh, You get a lot of horror stuff on there, a lot of 70s kind of really, I don't want to say fucked up, but just (laughs) just kind of these out there obscure films, which is, you know, Kino Lorber is a Blu-ray brand that kind of, tries to pick up these films that are almost forgotten and you know they do a release of them through their blu-ray label um i will say kino cult doesn't have a lot streaming right now but i uh, just have their website pulled up right in front of me they actually do have some names and some titles i want to drop right now they have a category on there mario baba the master mario baba who's a filmmaker from the 50s 60s i think up to the 70s italian filmmaker who released a lot of cool suspense kind of spooky scary i don't even think spooky is really the word but uh, just really kind of scary interesting psychological genre films just to name off some titles they got black sunday black sabbath uh, mario bava's a bay of blood uh, kill baby kill and uh hatchet for the honeymoon four times that night and these are some of these i haven't seen a lot of these i have seen black sunday is probably one of the most like cool gothic horror films from the 1960s is one of the most beautifully shot films with an absolutely terrifying prologue that sets up the plot of the film i highly recommend this it's streaming on kino cult also streaming on shutter and i just kind of want to go i'm just going through here what else i kind of see streaming they have a 70s and 80s flashback section i see rawhead rex is in there that is a really Really fucking fun uh, horror film, creature feature horror film from the 80s with a very obscure-looking creature in there that's ravishing this countryside town. I think it's in England or somewhere in the UK is where it takes place. Um, they have a category called Drive-In Favorites. I mean, that speaks for itself. You got things like Astro Zombies, The Nude Vampire, Frightmare, Beware of the Blob. Um, you know, like some of these titles are not going to be for everybody, but hey, it is what it is. The House of Exorcism is on here. You know, just a lot of uh, exploitation and uh, cult films from that era. So I, again, if that's your kind of your bag, I, you know, maybe look into it. It is free, mind you, that great word. It's free. It is ad-based, uh, I believe. But um, yeah, it's all, it's all free to sign up. You just kind of 
set up an email and, you know, go to town. Like I said, they just started. They've only kind of been up and running for a couple weeks, so there's not really too much on the platform right now. Hopefully they keep growing. I mean, again, like this is your bag. If you want to watch something really kind of fucking out there, like a midnight movie, a midnight scary movie of some sorts, that's might creep you out, but also make you laugh at the TV as well. Check out Kino Colt. Highly recommend it. Now, to the, not the main event, but the uh, big thing leading up to the main event. Again, I'm talking about Halloween Kills. But I'm going to go back a little bit to a other titan of the slasher film genre. I revisited the very first Child's Play. And then I followed it up with Child's Play 2. And then I also watched the new Chucky series that dropped on USA uh, just earlier this week. And let me start by saying the new Chucky series, you need to get on that. That is the shit. <laughs> I am just so happy that uh, that little, little killer doll is back. They obviously have brought back pretty much everybody who's been woven in and out of the uh, series so far is pretty much back in this in this in the show. Brad Dourif is back voicing Chucky as it should be. No offense to Mark Hamill. I just feel like Brad Dourif is Chucky. Jennifer Tilly is going to be woven into this series, and it's just, it's looking really good, and I don't want to say anything uh, too much right now since it's a new show, but I'm I'm just, I'm ready not to knock the 2019 reboot they tried to do. I respected it. I think they were trying new things, and I, I, was, I was into it for a little while, but I just, I don't know, it, it doesn't really hit. I think the fans really wanted to see some certain things that they didn't get out of them, but again, I'm not going to knock it. It had some good parts. I respect it, but um, just kind of wasn't really what I think I really wanted out of my Child's Play, and that's a solid transition because I rewatched Child's Play, the very first one, directed by Tom Holland, crafted from the mind of Don Mancini, who's also involved in the Chucky series, which is awesome. Again, more of the originals coming back to work on the original IP, I should say. And I had not seen the original Child's Play in years. Like, we're talking since I was a teenager. And, you know, you've had so many sequels. I, I shouldn't say so many sequels. I think there's only really, like, I think there's, like, six, seven, if you include the reboot. I might be wrong about that. I don't want to count it out on the air. But, you know, Chucky kind of went the way of Freddy Krueger, you know. You didn't really get kind of scared anymore. He almost was just like this almost horror superhero that you were just kind of pumped to see how he kills who he kills as dark and grim as that fucking sounds but i forgot that child's play the original one was is just a well-crafted suspenseful thriller for the first like 45 minutes because it really plays on you know is this thing alive or isn't it you know this out there concept of this doll coming to life and killing people because the direction and the writing of the first half of the 87-minute runtime movie really just um, kind of threw you off kilter for a little bit. You, you, you know, I obviously know this doll is going to come to life. There's that iconic moment of, you know, the the the, the woman yelling at doll the doll, like thinking it's going to come to life, and then Chucky actually comes to life and you know calls her a stupid fucking bitch and then tries to like stab her. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a landmark scene in, in, in horror films. But um, f before that, there's just this big buildup. And, you know, for an 87-minute runtime, like I said, it takes its time. And it, you go on this journey of, is this doll going to kill someone or not? Or is this all in the little kid's imagination? 
And I have to respect that. And again, you see why this thing got so many sequels and gets so many love, because I, I just think the original maybe gets a little overshadowed by the sequels and the fun you have with Chucky and you bring in the Jennifer Tilly character and Bride of Chucky. And those are those are great films. I'm not knocking them. But the original one, it's just more than just a slasher film. It's more than just a silly, crazy, campy concept of a killer doll. It's just fun. And I forgot how good Child's Play was that I even decided to follow it up with Child's Play 2. And I realized I think I love the early parts of the franchise even child's play 3 which is a good kind of turn your brain off horror film but in my opinion these movies remind me of when i was a little kid and what life was like i have very little memories and of being you know four or five years old which is around the time these films started coming out uh child's play was 1988 i believe child's play 2 was 1990 i mean I'm, i'm like a toddler at that time but even by the time you hit like child's play 3 and you just look at kind of the 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 setting of the film and kind of how things were in that late 80s early 90s time i just have this very vivid memory and i just remember like how big consumerism was and child's play is actually kind of a commentary on that and you you just toy stores were fucking big in the in throughout the 80s with the you know malls popping up all over the place i guess i just kind of get nostalgic when i watch something like child's play from a time of like late 80s, early 90s, where I'm like, that's what life looked like when I was like a kindergartner. And I, I don't know, I guess it's kind of cool. I know it's weird I'm comparing it to a, a horror movie, but I guess that's why I kind of just enjoy those films. Anyway, that's Child's Play. Child's Play 2 I also watched. Child's Play 2 is basically just a nice continuation of the first Child's Play. It's not as good, but it's still, you know, a fun, fun little, fun little horror movie. So now... It's time for the main event. I woke up at 5 a.m. to turn Peacock on and watch Halloween Kills before I went to work this morning. And here's how I feel. First of all, this is streaming exclusively on Peacock, but you can catch it in theaters. And Halloween Kills is obviously the follow-up sequel to the 2018 reboot, reimagining, whatever we're calling it, of the Halloween franchise. Uh, This is a continuation of the night from the first one, which is a lot like Halloween 2 in 1981 is a continuation of the original Halloween from 1978, uh, if that makes any sense. So my feelings about it after my first watch at 5 o'clock in the morning, some of my feelings are very similar to Halloween 2018. Like there's things about it that I really enjoy that, you know, are good for fans of the the franchise, even the films that this movie isn't really acknowledging. As, as some of you know, Halloween 2018 is a direct sequel to the very, very first one. It kind of disregards the part two, part three, part four, five, six, uh, H2O, uh, Halloween Resurrection, the Rob Zombie ones. It's just a direct follow-up. It's, it's, it's disregarding it, even though there's some cool shout-outs to like Halloween 3 season of the witch, the, um, the masks that are being used in that film, you see, you see them pop up in, uh, these two films. But my initial reaction was a lot like Halloween 2018, a lot that I liked and a lot that I was like, what are we doing here? So in Halloween kills, it starts to go into your typical horror sequel territory where they start to broaden the plot a little bit and expand some things. And I just, I, I don't know if I necessarily really like that. 
And I know that's a risk. I think those are actually risks that can pay off. Like a couple weeks back, actually last week, I had uh, Phil George on, and we were doing a full uh, breakdown of the Halloween franchise. And a lot of the times they took risks, actually they're kind of interesting within the franchise. Halloween Curse and Michael Myers has this really out there concept that they do in the producer's cut. And it's a little crazy, but hey, sometimes you got to mix it up when you're in part six. Now, I know technically if you look at Halloween Kills being the third entry into the main timeline of John Carpenter's original film. I know I'm already getting kind of confusing by saying that, but you'd say by the third one, yeah, they got to try some things, and they do, and I just, I think it didn't really hit for me, personally. Um, I guess I just kind of like my Halloween movies, you know, 90 minutes in and out, Michael Myers is killing people. <laughs> as dark and grim as that sounds. But, you know, I don't want this big, like, meaningful thing behind it. But it's also like I kind of get why you do that. You got to kind of start to explore other plot lines by the time you're doing these sequels. I, I definitely want to watch it again just to see if I have the same reaction I did the first time I watched it. Uh, it definitely has a good ending that sets up Halloween Ends, which is the next one in this trilogy uh, that Blumhouse is producing uh, with David Gordon Green directing. But it, I think to give some positive light on the film, if you're into just kills, Halloween Kills lives up to its title. Like this movie is Michael Myers for an hour and 45 minutes just getting bloody. This is probably the most bloodiest I've seen him do kills before <laughs> this is you know they're not necessarily elaborate kills but they definitely yeah it's it's pretty it, it earns that r rating and it's there's some bloodshed and i i oddly enough you know it's a slasher movie of course i'm gonna probably you know get my kicks you know going oh man what the fuck that's gross but that was kind of cool and halloween kills delivers on that but i think outside of that um, it's trying to be more than a slasher movie, which is fine to some extent. You know, you got to give something a little more in the plot. Like, again, I can respect that if you want to expand some things, but I just don't think it hits that mark for me uh, with a message it's trying to convey. And it, some of the uh, deliveries on, you know, how they need to stop Michael Myers, some of these line deliveries by these characters of, how they need to stop Michael Myers, come out kind of, uh, just kind of corny. <laughs> I know that's a harsh word. And if I ever meet David Gordon Green or Danny McBride, you know, maybe, you know, they'll punch me in the face for saying that. But I don't know. It just, it felt a little too campy. And I guess I didn't really like it. But, you know, you take the good with the bad. And like I said, there's things I liked about this. There's great flashbacks to the 1978 Halloween film, like where, you know, they, they created these for, you know, this movie. Um, there's a great flashback scenario in the first opening, like few minutes that just the production design on this film with these flashbacks is pretty incredible. It feels like you're in 1978 all over again. Uh, it just, that really hit for me. And they also bring back some, um, some people who were kids, in the first film. Well, not well, actually, one of them is the actual person. Kyle Richards, who played little Lindsay Wallace in the original one. She's all grown up now. She's back for a supporting role in this. Tommy Doyle, which was another character, a little kid, 
little kid character in the uh, original film. Uh, his character's all grown up, uh, played by Anthony Michael Hall, funny enough. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall wasn't the little boy in the original version, but they, they got him to play the adult version in the film. And and the other one is uh, Nancy Stevenson's playing Marion Chambers, who was the nurse in the opening scene of the original Halloween. And they also have this cool, I guess it's, you know, CGI created with, you know, how they do things now with making, you know, actors who are, you know, since passed away but they're making a, a, a like they like they did in star wars basically with um a young princess leia or in, in rogue one i should say with a young princess leia uh they were able to get a you know cgi version of a young carrie fisher they did this with uh donald pleasance as dr loomis you, you get a good look at him you get a good look at a uh, little uh post-production generated version of him in a couple quick scenes in the beginning and the very end and, you know, it's just kind of cool to see that because, you know, Dr. Loomis is such a pivotal character in the franchise. And again, you know, like I said, Halloween Kills, just to kind of wrap it up here, Halloween Kills, if I were to give it a grade, I'd give it a C plus. Those are my initial reactions. Um, there's some fun things in it for, you know, moviegoers, for people who love the franchise. And but just kind of personally for me. Uh, there's just, I, again, I felt like it was trying to be something more. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is in this film again, and she doesn't really do much, you know? She's just kind of injured, and it's kind of funny. Uh, John Carpenter used to say in the original Halloween 2, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is just bound to a hospital bed and doesn't do much in the movie. And it's kind of funny. This is like the new updated version of the old Halloween 2, I guess you could say. And again, like she she does even less in this one. She she doesn't really encounter anything. I don't I don't really know what her purpose was. And she's Laurie Strode. She's like the besides Michael Myers, she's the big kind of name of this franchise. But we'll see what happens in Halloween ends. I'm sure. Actually, judging by how Halloween Kills ends, she's going to even have a more pivotal part in the film. So you should check out Halloween Kills if you want. I know I kind of was a little fifty fifty on it. But uh, it's streaming on Peacock. It's also in theaters today. And uh, that's it for me. I'll have another one of these little episodes next Friday. Uh, during the week, though, i got a few episodes dropping. A uh, film that's on Netflix, The Old Ways. I'm talking to the director of it. That episode's going to drop Monday. Uh, Gino McGahee, who's got a independent horror film dropping on, I think, Halloween night or like the day before. He's having a big premiere for it. Uh, talked to him actually a little while ago, pre-taped it, and uh, he came on the show, and that was a great talk, and he's been a big help to me with this show actually recently, so shout out to him, and I might squeeze in a few more episodes, who knows, but uh, I don't know, enjoy the horror movies of October, keep doing what you're doing, and uh, keep listening to me, because uh, I know I see all them damn download numbers, and I'll uh, talk to you guys next week, take care.